We're beginning a, a brand new series today called Big. Uh, and this series, uh, by the way, I want to encourage you today to take notes. Taking notes because God is going to speak to you today. I promise God is going to speak to you today. But what will happen is it'll just be a passing of God in your life if you don't write it down. And you'll walk out of here, you won't remember anything that was said, and God has a word for you today. And if you write it down, you can use this later in your core groups. You can use this in your personal daily devotion. We have a daily devotion. We're going to be going through Bob Goff's Dream Big devotion this week on Version. Pretty excited about that. Uh, you can check your email for that. But also, you just use it, use it in your daily devotion. Uh, you can use it in your neighborhood gathering when we're done here this morning. You have a time of discussion in your Zoom gathering as well. You can use your notes for that. But the word is, is big. You can bring my podium, by the way. I know you're waiting, but you can just bring my podium. That helped me. Uh, but the word is big. The series is big. And this comes from my prayer retreat that I had back in January. Thank you. So every January, I, I go on a, a prayer retreat and I spend a week just seeking God on behalf of our church and uh, for my own personal life, I would encourage you to do a, a prayer retreat. You may not be able to say, I can't take a week, but you could take a day. I've practiced this for years and years. Even when I wasn't in ministry, I'd just take a day and I would just seek God for the next year, like talk to God. I mean, if you wanna have a, come on now, you're, you're in 2020, none of us saw this coming. Are you talking to God? Are you, were you prepared for this moment? God wants to prepare you for the moments that are to come. And so on my prayer retreat, I always look for a, a word that God has maybe for our, our church. And that word was rest, uh, which we kind of find uh, slight humor in right now because we had no idea in March that we would all be resting from everything. And we have been resting, but that idea of rest is to wait upon the Lord let God work right now in your life. But I believe not only does God have a word for us corporately, but I believe God can give you a word individually. So I asked God for a word individually. The word I, that God gave me that I, I felt he was speaking over me was the word big. So in January, he gave me this word big. Dream big, pray big, believe big. I got to tell you, I was like, whoa, I like that one right there, God. Dream big, pray big, believe big. And then boom, COVID. And I was like, well, what was that all about? Did I miss it? Did I miss the word, God? Like, what was? And as I began to get in the midst of it, God said, no, no, no. Even in the midst of a pandemic, you can dream big, pray big, and believe big. And if you believe that, give me a big amen wherever you are. So I felt God saying also, not only is this a word for you, Brad, but I want you really in the middle, when we start getting in the middle of this pandemic, I want you to give this word to the people of Core Church. They need this word. So we're going to be looking at this. If you have a Bible, we're in Numbers chapter 13. And uh, honestly, the first thing that I'd like for you to write down, kind of what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, is that he is a big God and he has big dreams for me. Write that down. He is a big God and he has big dreams for me. So Numbers chapter 13, the word big, when I thought of that, my, one of my favorite people in the Bible is Joshua, and God led me to the story of the children of Israel going into the promised land. Now, I, a lot of you know that story. If you're new to the scriptures, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, I should say, 
was uh, enslaved to the Egyptians for 400 years. They came out of slavery. They went into the wilderness, but God had a promised land for them. He had a, he had a dream for them to make them into a great nation, and there was this land they were going to go to. And so they've been freed from Egypt. They're in the wilderness. They're on the cusp of going into the promised land. And we come to this in, in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. And it says this, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out the men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. Always good to do what the Lord commands of you. Amen? Turn to somebody wherever you are and say, do what God says. Do what God says. Always good to do what God says. So he sent out the 12 men. All the tribal leaders of Israel from their camp in the wilderness of, of Paran. So they go out, they, they are exploring the land. Go down to verse 23. In verse 23, it says this, When they, when they came to the valley of Eskel, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large, so large, come on, somebody say, so large, so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. This is dreaming big right here. This is what God says I want to do for you. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and the figs. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes about dreaming big. Dreaming big. Let's pray. God, as we gather in this house and as we gather online, we know that your spirit gathers with us wherever we are. And would you now speak to us through your spirit, transform our lives, make us a little bit more like Jesus today. In your name we pray. And wherever you are, everybody said, amen. amen. All right, in the house, you may be seated. When I was uh, a, a little kid, I used to listen to the radio all the time, and I always had this dream of one day being on the radio. And if you've been a part of Core Church for any amount of time, you know I've told that story before. And I loved the radio. I was infatuated with the radio. All I wanted to do was be a DJ, and, and, and I eventually lived out that dream in my life. But it kind of got derailed in high school. Because when I got into high school, I was introduced to 80s hair bands. I mean, the likes of Def Leppard, Van Halen, Quiet Riot, White Snake, and all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but that dream just went poof out the window. I no longer wanted to be the guy behind the microphone playing the songs. I wanted to be the guy behind the microphone singing the songs. <laughs> so I decided to pursue my dream as the next David Lee Roth. And I, I signed up for choir. Um, and to be honest, I should, I should, you know, be honest in the house of God. Um, I signed up for choir too because it was a blow-off class and I heard they went on field trips and, and I was like, I'm in on that. And so, but I got into choir because I'm like, well, the first thing you need to do if you're going to be a rock god is you need to learn how to sing. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Anybody can do that. Come on. And so I got into choir and Laura's best friend, her name was Christy James. And Christy was the vocalist of the high school. You know, I'm talking about the, the girl who has the pipes that just, you know, paint, the paint peels off the walls. They sing every national anthem at every basketball and every sporting event, football games. They're the one. You know, you know that person? Remember that person? That was Christy James. So I was sharing with Christy. I said, hey, I, I want to be a, I, I really want to be a, a, a 
I didn't say rock God, but inside. <laughs> I said, I really want to be a vocalist. I really want to sing in a band. And she goes, I'm in a band. It's like, you're in a band? She's like, yeah, I, I sing in a band with these college guys. I was like, what? Oh, and she goes, you want to be in the band? We're looking for a male vocalist. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be in the band. Let's go. And, and she's like, okay. And so she set up an audition, and I was invited to try out for the band. So the night came, and I, I showed up, and, and it, it was in this house that was right off of the high school campus. And I remember walking into this house and, and, and going to the, the basement door. And I open up the basement door, and, and I start walking down those wooden, crickety steps, and, and the, the smell of the basement was waffling up at me, though I couldn't tell if it was the smell of the basement or the band. I wasn't sure who it was. And, and so I, I get downstairs, and, and there's Christy, and, and she's singing, sure enough, paint's peeling off the walls, and she's got, she looks like something out of an 80s music video, her hair is blowing in the wind, and the band is getting after it, and I was like, this is so amazing. So I went over, and I sat down in this little metal folding chair, it was kind of bent with a crease in the middle of it, watching the band. And then they finished, and they turned to me, and they said, all right. Now's your turn. I'm like, that's right. Now's my turn. So I stand up and I take out my Steven Tyler bandana and tie it around the microphone for effect. <laughs> I looked at the band and I said, kick it! <laughs> and they did. They launched into Barracuda by heart. Anybody? Like if you've ever played the, the old video game rock band, Barracuda by Heart. This is when the band looked at me like, that's where you come in. Oh, okay, okay. I know, I got it, I got it. You see that? You see Barracuda! I wish I could say it wasn't that bad, but it was, uh, it was that bad. That's when I was uninvited from the tryout and did the walk of shame up the, uh, up the steps. And <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I, I was talking to Pastor Eric about this. I was telling him, and he goes, you know, Brad, the band, they could have dropped it down a key for you. And I was like, wait, what? They, wait, what? You can do that? He goes, yeah, if they just dropped it down a key for you, then I was like, oh, my goodness, if they dropped it down a key... I wouldn't be standing on this stage. I'd be standing on the stage of the BOK Center, people. If only I had known. Hey, we all have dreams, don't we? I mean, when you're a kid, you have, you have crazy dreams. I want you to do this. I want you to turn to somebody here in the room or in your neighborhood gathering. Think about the crazy dream that you had. It might be a little embarrassing that you never really did, but you had this dream as a kid. Turn to somebody and share that.
Truth is, it's easier to dream small, pray small, and believe small. Because in that way, you don't have to deal with disappointment. You don't have to deal with failure. Or in my case, you don't have to deal with a, a lifelong scar of embarrassment. And, I, and I, I fear that this is how most people are living their lives. They're not dreaming big, they're not praying big, and they're not believing big. But I believe that God has big dreams for you. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them, God has big dreams for you. God has big dreams for you. If you didn't write it down before, write it down now. You need to make this declaration over your life. He's a big God, and he has big dreams for me. You got to write it down. You got to declare it, even if right now I know for some of you, like, you don't believe that about yourself. And I hope that I can show you through this series how God dreams for you. God has plans for you. But how do you press through disappointment? How do you press through the, the brokenness and how do you press through embarrassment? How do you press through when the, when the struggle is there? How do, you, how do you press through? How do you even know that the, the dream that you have is even given by God? How do you know that you're, you ever feel like, am I even living the right dream? Because it gets hard, it gets difficult, and is this what I'm supposed? to be doing? Can you really be certain? I believe that you can be certain that you are living the dream that God has for you. And so what we're going to do for the next four weeks is we're going to look at one of the biggest dreams in all of scripture. And that is God giving a dream to a nation and saying, I am going to bless you and I am going to use you and I'm going to give you a land. So let's look back here at, at Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. And I read, by the way, out of the New Living Translation, so if you're trying to figure out what translation to be in, in the U version, I'm in the New Living. Numbers 13.1 says this, The Lord said this to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Now, this sounds powerful. It sounds inspiring. Like God saying, I am giving you the land. It just sounds so great, sounds so majestic. But don't forget that these are people who are coming out of 400 years of bondage and slavery. And now they are in a wilderness and God is giving them a big dream. It is hard to dream big when you're in a wilderness. If you've gone through a divorce, somebody says, hey, you'll, you'll find somebody else. It is hard when you've been broken like that to, to dream again. Man, you, you, you lose your job during COVID, you get the cutback, or you lose your job, and, and somebody says, hey, you're going you're gonna to find a better job, you're going to find a higher paying job, God's got the best job for you. It is hard when you are in the middle of that wilderness to believe that, that God could have something big for you. You are in, having financial struggles, the bills are piling up during COVID, it's hard to dream big and believe that you could actually live in financial freedom. You ever failed a class? And then you feel like, I'm a failure in life? I'm never going to conquer this? I'm never going to learn this subject? Why did I even get into this class? Why did I sign up for this degree? And, and you, it's so hard to believe when you failed a class that 
that maybe, maybe you could push through and still good could come from it. Because the wilderness, the wilderness is harsh, it's brutal, it's a hopeless place. It, it is a place where dreams really go to die. It, it is a place of struggle. I mean, just look at right now, what's happening right now with COVID. Are we not struggling? Everybody here in the room wearing masks, socially distanced. Most of our congregation isn't even in the room. Most are online. Some of you are in your home, you're in apartments. You're like, what am I doing on Zoom? And, and then put on top of that, you're like, I'm just trying to survive. You want me to dream in the middle of all of this? I'm just trying to survive. I'm hoping the economy doesn't crash. I'm hoping my job will hold up. I'm just good if I don't suffer the cutbacks because they're, they're, they're cutting people. They're cutting people. Listen, preacher, appreciate your kind words, but dreaming ain't for now. It's for later. And, I, I, man, my kids aren't even going back to school. How can I? Listen, God wants you to dream even in the middle, middle of a wilderness. It, it really seems that in the middle of the wilderness, it feels like the wilderness is more of a graveyard than it is a maternity ward. It's, it's the place that dreams go to die. It's not the place that dreams are birthed. You look at the story of Ezekiel. If you don't know his story, it's in the Old Testament. There's an entire book written about Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was a prophet. He came along after the children of Israel had been in the promised land. And Ezekiel came later. But when Ezekiel came, the children of Israel had fallen back into captivity. They'd fallen back into bondage. And now they were slaves to another nation. And it felt like they were never, ever going to get free again. And God gave Ezekiel this vision. He takes him to this valley, and he goes and he looks at this valley, and in this valley, all he sees are human bones and human remains scattered as far as he can, he can see. And God speaks to him and says, this is my children. This is the nation of Israel scattered as far as you can see. And he says to Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live again? That God says the same thing to you about your dream, your heartache, your brokenness. Do you believe that that could get breath back in it and live again? Ezekiel's smart. Because Ezekiel says this, he says, uh, I don't know, only you know. That's a great answer, by the way. And God says to him, here's what I want you to do, Ezekiel, I want you to speak to these bones. I want you to speak to these bones, and I want you to prophesy over them, and, and I'm going to put breath back in the lungs of them, and I'm going to bring them together. And Ezekiel obeys the Lord, and he speaks over the bones, and right in front of his eyes, one of the craziest stories in all the Bible, these bones start collecting together into, into a, a human, the skeletons and all this coming together, and then ligaments and, and muscles and organs and flesh, and then suddenly blood, and, the, and it rises up, and it becomes this mighty army. It reminds me of the song that we just got done singing. Man, he turns graves into gardens. He turns bones into armies. That's where that line in that song comes from. This very story right here, it's in the wilderness that dead things come to life. It's in the wilderness where the miracles of God take place in your life. Think about it for a moment. If you're blessed right now, if you ain't got no problems, you ain't got no issues, why do you need a miracle? They call it a miracle for a reason because you're in dire straits, because you're in a difficult spot. You look at the story here, 
In Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 4, here's, here's what God told Ezekiel. He said, speak. Turn to somebody wherever you are right now and say, speak. Speak life to your dreams. Come on, turn to somebody wherever you are and say, speak life to your dreams. He says, speak a prophetic message to these bones, a faith-filled message, and say this, dry bones, listen to what? Say this with me. Listen to what? The word of the Lord. You have got to speak life over those things in your life that appear to be dead. you got to speak life to your dreams. And it can't be just your words. It can't be, because your words are just going to fall flat. Your words only carry you so far, don't they? You're like, I can do this. I can do this. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to try. And then what? next thing you know, you're, you're discouraged because you're living on your own faith. No, you've got to do what Ezekiel did. You have to speak the word of the Lord. This is why we say, man, you need to be in the word of God every day day. If there was ever a time in your life that you were going to be in the Word of God <laughs> in a pandemic, I would be in the Word three or four times a day. I wouldn't be just wishful thinking and hoping. I'd be looking for answers, and the answers are in this book right here. Begin to speak the Word of the Lord, God's Word. What happens when you speak God's Word over your dreams? It now has power behind it. The power of Almighty God that is available to every believer. Turn to somebody and tell them it's available to you. It's available to you. So often, though, the wilderness is a, is a place where so many people just give up on their dreams. It's a place where their dreams go to die and they just give up. Say things like, man, I, I, I just I don't have the education. If I had the education, I, I, I could do it. Man, I don't have the financial margin. If I had the financial margin, I'm, I'm just so busy. I, I, man, I've got this dream, but if, if I just wasn't so, so busy. I don't have the right connections. I mean, I'm not like you. You got connections. You know people. I don't, I, I don't know people. Or man, if I, if I went after that dream, you know how disappointed my parents would be? Because this is the dream my parents have for me. And if I ever pursue that dream, and they got another dream for me. And I don't really want to be doing this. I, I kind of want to be doing this. And, but my parents want me to do this, and, and I, I, can't, I can't disappoint them. And let that, that, that should, for all of us, let me just say this real quick. Can I step off for a second? If you're a parent, let that sink deep. God has a dream for your child. Are they living God's dream or are they living your dream? When's the last time you sat down with your child, I don't care how old they are, and sat down with them face to face and said, what's your dream? What do you want to do? I know you're doing this. Is that what you want to be doing? Because that's costing dad a lot of money. That's costing mom a lot of car rides, and I don't want to be wasting my time. Is this what you want to do? And if they look at you and they say, not really. I'm kind of tired, and I don't like doing this anymore, and I don't want to do it. 
I think the best thing in that moment as a parent is you can say to them, all right, let's figure out a way for you to move into your God-given dream. Let me help you. Let me come alongside you. Let me, let me work with you because we don't want our kids living our dream. We want them living God's dream. Some people, though, they don't give up on their dream. They just rush through the wilderness and they take land that God never intended for them to have. They, they, they go from one bad relationship and they jump into another bad relationship. They're, they're in financial distress and they jump into a bad financial situation. They have a really horrible job. It's their bosses and their people and it's so overwhelming. They just, I quit. And they jump to another and they're just as miserable because they tried to take land that God never intended for them to have. But then there are people who slow down. There are people that, like in the midst of a pandemic, they slow down and they start listening to the voice of God. They start searching the scriptures. They're, they're in prayer. They're talking to people. They're looking for the possibilities and the opportunities. And, and they're going to push through. I'm telling you, I've been saying this, and I'm telling you, people, some people are going to come through this season, and that you are going to be catapulted into the purposes and plans that God has for you. People are going to be like, whoa, what happened to you in that pandemic? And you'd be like, I slowed down. And I was looking for the possibilities and the opportunities. That's what, what God, when God told Moses, send men to explore, that's what he was doing. Hey, hang on, don't rush into there. Don't rush in there. He said it with the Oklahoma accent. Don't rush in there. Come on now. He said, <laughs> he said don't. no, go in there, explore, look for the possibilities, look for the opportunities. I bet during the midst of this pandemic, as hard as it has been on you, I bet you've seen some possibilities and some opportunities. I bet you've seen God show up in the midst of this pandemic. I bet there's been some good. Think about the good that God's in. I want you to share, share with somebody, just one person near you, wherever you are, just share with them what's, what's something good that God has done in the midst of this pandemic. Go, share, share with somebody. He's a big God, and he has big dreams for you. So how do you know that you're living your God-given dream? This is all great, but how do I know that what I'm pursuing is what God wants me to pursue? I'm going to give you four questions. I'm going to bring them to you pretty quickly, and then we're going to land this plane, okay? I'm going to give you four exploration questions, okay? Four exploration questions. You need to write these down. If you are serious about your dream and what God has for you, write these questions down. Here's question number one. Will my dream be possible or impossible without God? Will my dream be possible or impossible without God? The Israelites, they couldn't do it without God. And we're going to be talking about this in the next few weeks. Like Jericho was the first huge battle they had going into the promised land. It was a fortified uh, military fortress that was impenetrable. Like nobody took on Jericho. And they were barely trained in the wilderness. They didn't really have much. And it was going to be impossible if God didn't show up. Like if your dream doesn't scare you, 
if it doesn't cause you to pause, it might not be God-given. Will my dream be possible or impossible without God? Here's a second question I want you to write down. Will my dream cost me anything? Will my dream cost me anything? Moses, the one who led the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, into the promised land. It all started on the backside of the mountain. You don't know this story. Moses is on the backside of the mountain. He's working for his father-in-law. He's got a great job. One day he's going to inherit the family business. He's got a wife. He's got kids. And God shows up on the backside of the mountain and says, you, you, you're going to lead the children of Israel. And he leaves comfortable. Are you willing to leave comfortable? He leaves comfortable. He goes to Pharaoh, not once, not twice, but over and over again. Finally gets set free. Ends up in the wilderness. There's disobedience that happens and they wander around in the wilderness and he continues to lead through the difficulties. There are going to be hard days. Turn to somebody and tell them, there's going to be some hard days. Get ready. There's going to be some hard days. It's not going to be easy. Turn to somebody and tell them it ain't going to be easy. It won't be easy. There are going to be setbacks and there's going to be challenges. Will my dream cost me anything? All right, here's the third question, and they get tougher as we go along. Will my dream bless others more than it blesses me? Will my dream bless others more than it blesses me? What you may not know about Moses, if you're new to the scriptures, is Moses disobeyed God in the middle of the wilderness, and because of his disobedience, God said, hey, you're not going to be able to enter the land. But in that moment, Moses could have abandoned the nation of Israel and said, fine, I can't get the land. I'm going back to the family business, and that's where you can find me. But he doesn't. He continues to lead, he continues to persevere, and he continues to think about the nation of Israel, and he fights for them, he leads them until they are able to go safely into the land. God's dream for you isn't just for you. It's to bless others. It's to bless the world. All right, here's the fourth question. Last question. Will my dream build God's kingdom or my kingdom? Will my dream build God's kingdom or my kingdom? This is the question that got the, the nation of Israel in trouble. This is why they kept falling back into captivity over and over and over again. This is why we struggle over and over and over again. Because the nation of Israel started building their own kingdom instead of God's kingdom. What they didn't know is that God wasn't just blessing them and giving it for themselves. God said, no, no, out of you, I'm going to bring the Messiah. My son is going to be a part of your nation Jesus is going to come. He's going to bring life and salvation to the entire world through you. It is about my kingdom, not your kingdom, Israel. So whose kingdom are you building? When you think about your dream, your dream is to build God's kingdom. Whatever it is you do, whatever he's called you to do, it is about this. It's about bringing the hope and the healing, and the peace, and the purpose of Jesus into the world. That's it. Will my dream build God's kingdom or my kingdom? So I know for some of you, as we go through this, you're just like, man, I, Brad, I don't, even, I don't even know where to begin. I don't have a dream. I don't even know where to begin to start dreaming. Or maybe you have a dream, 
But maybe you've suffered some failure and some setbacks, and you're like, I just don't know how to push through that. I, I, don't, I, 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 I love these questions, but I still, man, I want to make sure I'm living my God-given dream. We have this purpose assessment that we do at Core Church, and I'm telling you, it is life-changing. I use my purpose assessment every single day. I look at my purpose assessment every single day to make sure I'm on track with the dreams that God has birthed in me. Some of the dreams for my life have come directly out of my purpose assessment. It's something that we've developed to help you to discover the dreams God has for you. And so this next week on Thursday night online, we're going to be doing this online. We're going to be kicking off a four-week core purpose class. And in this class, for four weeks, virtually online, we're going to walk you through four different assessments where you're going to learn who you are, how you were created, and and then to look at the dreams that God has for you and how to walk those out. And if you want to be a part of that class, all you've got to do, go to corechurch.com, click on connect, sign up right there. Or if it's easier for you, just email me directly, brad at corechurch.com, brad at corechurch.com. Starts this Thursday night. We're going to walk with you through this. And I promise you, the people who do the hard work, the people who sign up for this, and this is a pretty bold statement, your life will never be the same. You will begin to outpace people. And you will see God awaken things in you that you never dreamed possible. That is the power of what this is. We want to walk with you through that because he's a big God and he has big dreams for you. We're going to move into a time of communion and prayer and I want to encourage you wherever you are to get your communion ready and uh, we're going to get communion ready here in the house. Communion is a time where we reflect on what God has spoken to us. What has God spoken to you today? And and it's an opportunity to respond. Respond to what God has said to you today. And most importantly, it's a time to be restored. It's a time to come to God and allow him to do a work in you. So as we're distributing the, the sacraments here in the house and you're getting them ready there, if you're brand new to our gathering, communion is this time where We simply remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. The bread, it it represents the body of Christ. He walked this earth. God had put a dream in him. And the same God that put a dream in Jesus is the same one who puts a dream in you. And then he went to that cross. That cup, it represents the blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness of sin. So what do you need today? Maybe it's a dream that you are afraid to verbalize, but you could say right now to God, if this is the dream you have for me, God, I'm going to go all in on this dream. Or, or maybe it's, I gave up on a dream. Will you rebirth that in me? Will you, I'm the dead bones, God. Would you, would you put life back in my dream and I'll walk with you through that? Or maybe today, as I talk about the cup and the, The grace and the mercy of Jesus, it's available to you today. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you're like, I've been making some really poor choices. God says, you come to the table today 
and you receive forgiveness. Or maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus, but you want to do that today for the very first time. Today is the day to do that. It's just simply coming to the table, receiving Jesus, receiving the grace and the mercy of God. Father, in this moment, we pray for those that are asking for dreams to be reborn, that you would re rebirth those dreams. For those who don't have a dream, God, would you begin to show them the dreams you have for them? For those, God, who need forgiveness today, I want you to come to the table today. Come to the table and receive the grace and the mercy of Jesus. Forgiveness is for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's receive. Thanks for joining us today. Been so good to see your faces and thanks for joining us online, being a part of this experience. How can we be praying for you? To make a decision to follow Jesus today, let us know about that. Go to corechurch.com, just click on connect and, and we, we wanna come alongside you. We wanna help you any way that we can, whether that's through prayer or through support, we are here for you. In your neighborhood gatherings and your Zoom gatherings, you're going to see some uh, questions come up on, on the screen at the end. I encourage you to process those questions. Use the notes that you took today and process those together. But here in the house and online, let's say our sending prayer together. God, fill me with love and give me boldness to share the hope, healing, peace, and purpose that I've found in Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining us online. Have a blessed week.